your host, Bill Real. Welcome to another episode of the Almost Awakened Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real, and I am grateful for this chance to be with you this morning. Today, I want to talk about disagreement, and I want to solve problems in relationships where you're having fights or arguments, confrontation, disagreements, and I want to try to give you two solutions that I think solve two different kinds of conflict that show up consistently in every relationship, specifically a a marriage or somebody you live with as a primary partner. And so I want to reach out here and, and first say, look, we're humans. It's, it's messy. It's complicated. We're going to have disagreements no matter what, like we're going to bump up against other people. There are several situations that I think are relatively common. And I want to talk about a couple of those. So first let's say this, when When you and another human live together in the same space, you're not just going to a party and seeing each other once a month, but instead you're, you're, you know, you're seeing how the other person brushes their teeth. You're, uh, you're there when they're loading the dishwasher. You're, they're there when you are folding the laundry. We're going to have grown up. First off, we have our own predisposition. And, and you know this if you have kids, like every one of your kids is different, even though perhaps your parenting style was somewhat similar in the beginning to these children. Each kid kind of comes with their own predisposition of characteristics and traits, skills and gifts and flaws and all those kinds of things that make each of us messy and complicated. This experience that we have, this way in which we encountered life, the way my mom treated me, the way my dad treated me, the way school was and the experiences that were there, the things that were embarrassing, the things that I got joy from, um, the intelligence that I was born with, the things that I don't do well, all of this comes together to make this unique human being who doesn't see the world the same as any other human being. Like it's easy on the front half of life to look across at each other and assume like, oh, like we're all kind of normal humans and we're all experiencing the world relatively the same way. And such just isn't really true. So the first thing you need to understand is that anytime you are in space with another human being, you're both bringing all of your life experience, all of your tragedy, all of your joyous moments into that experience. And that caught, and again, the predisposition that you come with, and that causes you to see the world very differently. So what happens is that when an event happens, when something goes down, uh, and it can be anything because lots of different things set various folks off and we're each triggered in these areas around our experience. And Eckhart Tolle calls these pain bodies. And I've heard Jack Cornfield call these body pains, but essentially like when something happens in your world and it's not comfortable for you to experience the world that way, then there is this disruption inside you. And when this disruption occurs on the first half of life, you simply recognize the outside world is doing something wrong and it's my job to tell the outside world what to do, or I'm going to be miserable inside. And so often we're lashing out at people. I know that with me, it was my kids. When my kids were too noisy, I grew up in a home. My mom had two children, me and my brother. We were four years apart. That meant that our home was quiet. My mom always kept our house clean. Everything was organized. We had very orderly house. And it didn't feel orderly, 
but now looking back like it was. And so when there's noise, when there's chaos, I get disrupted. Now, my wife, she is one of eight children. And being one of eight children, there was noise and chaos all the time. So noise and chaos doesn't really bother her. She can be in a home where kids are running around and making a ruckus by my standard, and she's completely calm. On the other hand, I get a lot of tension inside. I get anxiety. I feel disturbed inside. And uh, when that happens, I want to yell out, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, everybody, slow down. Whoa, 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 let's, let's get quiet. Let's quiet down. That's too much noise. My wife will look over at me. And she'll say, hey, whoa, let the kids play. They're just playing. They're getting along right now. Why are you Why are you being so tough on them? And my whole reason is because this triggered me. And we're all being triggered. And, and when we do get triggered, what happens first is we feel something. We don't assign a story to it first and then feel it. We feel it and then assign a story to it and assign a name to it. So uh, when you feel that disturbance... It's coming from some trigger due to your body pains or pain bodies. Your life experience and your predisposition has set you up that certain things bother, annoy you, make you uncomfortable, give you anxiety, make you angry, make you sad, and they're not the same set of things that set off the person next to you. So when you encounter bumping up against another person and their lived experience, you feel something. And it generally is described as somewhere in your chest or your gut. And you feel that anxiety, anger, sadness, turmoil, whatever it is. There's a thousand things it can be. And, and again, it's really not any of those. Those are the names or the labels that you apply to them. But you feel them first. And then your brain names it. What is causing it? What can be done to fix it? what it is you're feeling. And if someone said, hey, what are you feeling right now? You would go, I'm feeling this. And they would go, why are you feeling it? And you would lay out why. But what you don't get is you're the only person in the room who's being disturbed in that way based on what's going on. Now, other people may have similar pain bodies or body pains. They may have those. But the reality is no one's feeling it like you are. And you've also had a lifetime of trying to sort out how you're going to respond to these inner disturbances. So maybe as a kid, you found that going to your room and laying in your bed by yourself resolved it. Maybe you found that confrontation resolved it. Maybe you found that you tried confrontation, but that didn't work. So now as an adult, you go quiet into your room. Or maybe you went quiet into your room and nobody came to soothe you when somebody bumped into you and bumped into your your humanity. And so nobody came to see you. So now as an adult, you do confrontation. And so each of us brings these sets of mechanisms and behaviors in order to put the world back into place. And this is what is called shadow. It's our shadow side. It's this unhealthy side that we really don't honestly admit to. We kind of hide it. We kind of distance uh, the real thing going on from the language that we give to it to explain to others. We're deceptive about what it is. And we use it. We use this disturbance and then we go, you know what? I'm, that disturbance is real. It bothers me. I want the world to be back the way I want it. So now I'll start manipulating and coercing the world to be what I need it to be. And nobody else in that room is experiencing that the way you do. So there's the first point to set up kind of the background of what goes on. Now, let me go into some of the kinds of disagreements that we have. The first kind of disagreement is what I call listening and hearing wrong. In conversations every day, 
you know, you may be sitting in the car and you and your wife, one of you is driving, the other one's giving directions. You might be at a restaurant and discussing what your favorite dessert is. You might be at, um, at the theater and talking about who your super favorite, your favorite superhero is. And often when we're in conversations, two human beings are using language. Language is a, an invention by human beings. And it, it doesn't come at the very beginning. It comes somewhere along the way. In other words, human beings come on the scene. And at some point, human beings develop enough in their vocal cords to make several more distinct sounds. And this allows them to do language. And as humans do language, they now have the ability to assign stories and labels and words and myths to their lives and the lives of their group and society. And this language is a way that you and I can go like, I think we're on the same page. We're, we're, we're using words that we know have these meanings and we are arriving at some sort of similar meaning with each other. But it doesn't always go well. Sometimes when we're using language, one of us says the wrong thing or one of us hears the wrong thing. So my wife is telling me about this cookie that she had. And, and while she starts the conversation off in her brain, thinking she said cookie, as I'm listening to the conversation in my brain, I think I heard brownie. And so as the story goes along, at some point, I'm not making sense of the story she's telling. Something feels out of place. And when I go to say, hey, baby, in some way I go, hey, this is confusing. And I may say it really gently. And maybe because the conversation is one of tensity, not cookies and brownies, but something else, maybe I come in with a little bit of tenseness to me and I'm trying to figure out why the story doesn't make sense. And so then she comes back and says, I don't understand what you don't get. Like here I was eating this cookie and I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. I heard you say brownie. She goes, no, I said cookie. No, 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 you said brownie. And now here you are off as a couple spiraling out into an argument because one of you thought you said something and the other one of you thought you heard something. Now, it can be as simple as actually saying or hearing the wrong word. It can also be and often is a misunderstanding of the words that are used. Sometimes somebody uses the wrong words. Sometimes somebody interprets the right words as meaning something other than what the original person intended it to mean. This is constantly happening. It happens so much, we don't even pick up on it most of the time. I'm sitting at a party and I'm sitting in a group of 15 people and we're all having different conversations per se. And as you sit back and just listen to the group of people talking, this group here and that group there, and these two people here and those two people there, often you'll recognize that those two people are somewhat involved in completely different stories, even though they're both saying and hearing the same vocabulary used. This happens a lot. We humans use language to get as close as we can, but we are almost always missing the mark. So as you're having a conversation with this person that you care about and you love and who cares about you and loves you, because of the shortcomings of human language, because of the shortcomings of our brain thinking it's pulled the right words out, but trying to quickly move through a conversation, because 
of our brains and how it takes the words that go into our ear and it processes them and tells our brain what was said and what it should mean, there is misunderstanding all the time. This is the first kind of conflict that I want to talk about today. When this happens, you can start to be present and be aware of it. You can start to hear with new ears. Let he who has ears to hear, hear. Let he who has eyes to see, see. Once you sit present and your brain completely understands that there is misunderstanding in every conversation, two things can happen that can resolve these kinds of situations. Number one, you can grant some degree of charity. You can recognize that you say things wrong and you hear things wrong. You can recognize the other person says things wrong and they hear things wrong. There's no way to know who it was that actually said it wrong or heard it wrong. You can fight about it. You can argue about it. You can tell the other person that you've got the right way figured out and they're the ones who are wrong. But what it is is simply two humans misunderstanding each other. Here they are, these two beautiful human beings who want nothing more really than to get along and be okay and have their world be okay. And sometimes it just doesn't go that way because the world is unfolding right in front of us the way it does. So then you have this conflict where your ego, your ego is competing to win. Your ego is rising up in those moments because you have a need to be right. You have a need to win this disagreement. In reality, if you just saw what was happening, you could sit still in that discomfort. So here you are, you're with your partner, this conversation ensues. One person thinks they said something, the other person thinks they heard something, and now you pick up on something is confusing or doesn't fit. The moment one person notifies you that they said something and you heard something else, instead of your ego jumping out and going, hey, you are right, that person's wrong, and they need to be told it. They need to, they need to clarify. They need to be more careful what they say. The reality is, all you have to do is acknowledge that sometimes you say it wrong, and sometimes you hear it wrong. And, it, and it's also true that sometimes they hear it wrong, and sometimes they say it wrong. And it doesn't even matter if, it's, if it happens 80% of the time to the other person and only 20% of the time to you. The truth is, you cannot know whether on this occasion, if it was you or them. So what can you do? You can take the tie. When somebody says, no, 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 what I said was this, or hey, what I meant was this, or hey, you misunderstood me. What I was trying to tell you was da, 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 you know, and, and whatever it is they say, accept their ground. Unless this person has an ab- habitual uh, trait of lying to your face to manipulate you all the time, simply trust what they're telling you is their inside story. You don't need to trump their story. You don't need to know. You don't need to go, hey, I know what you were thinking. Hey, I know what you were saying. Hey, I know what you did. I know what you were, what was going on inside your head. I know why you chose the words you did. We're constantly as human beings having our ego rise up and it's costing us. Do you see that? Do you feel that? Do you notice that in your disagreements? And it's not just people are using the wrong word or they're hearing the wrong word. 
it's also that sometimes people come to an experience with a different understanding. I was out to dinner recently with two really good friends, and uh, the wife, the night before, had made potatoes. And she had made uh, her kind of potatoes. She diced them the way she wanted. She added the seasoning she wanted to add. And dinner gets done, and they eat them. And everybody says dinner is great. And then the next day comes, and the husband wants to make potatoes again tonight. So she's in the kitchen with him and she's helping him by dicing them the way she diced them the night before. And she's helping him by seasoning them the way she seasoned them the night before. And the whole time he's getting frustrated inside because he doesn't understand why she is imposing herself on this thing that he's trying to do. In her mind is a story that he wants the same potatoes he had the night before. Why wouldn't he? That's the reason he's asking for them again on a second night. They were so damn good. And the reality is that he wants potatoes, but he wants them different. And so both of them have these two different stories in their head as they're as they're participating in the same event together in the same space. And eventually he gets so frustrated. He's like, what the hell are you doing? Why do you keep messing up my potatoes? And she's like, I, I thought, you know, I thought you wanted potatoes. I do want potatoes. Well, I'm helping you make them the way I did last night. Well, I don't want the potatoes you made last night. And you see what happened? Both people are upset and hurt, but, but they simply recognize in the other person that that person is operating in the world in a way that doesn't make them comfortable. Whether it's the husband who sees his wife taking over or if it's the wife who doesn't feel appreciated because she's trying to help him make the potatoes that were so damn good last night. And this is happening on a daily with you and your partner, you and your spouse, you and your girlfriend, you and uh, your live-in roommate, you and um, your children, you and your parent. You're constantly having this realization that the two of you are experiencing the world in different ways And that disrupts your insides to the point where your ego lashes out at the person. If you could just see it, it would slow down all of these interactions significantly. And it would give you brief moments in these to turn them around. Now, you're going to fail. You're going to fail the next time it happens. You're going to fail a hundred times from now. But what's going to start to happen is you're also going to start to get some of them right. As I was listening to this husband and wife talk, I looked over at my wife and we nodded at each other because we knew right then it was take the tie. This was a perfect moment to take the tie. They're both telling the story and they're both sharing how they were frustrated with the other person. And the realization is in that moment, if you catch yourself, you get to take the tie. In the tie, everybody wins because your healthy side, all it wants to do is go back into connection with that human being. It just wants to be good again with that human being. So you find ways to mutually just own that this naturally fell apart and it really isn't based on any kind of real uh, unhealthiness of one person towards the other. You see, in this sort of fight, in this sort of disagreement, in this sort of argument, nobody's the bad guy. It's just misunderstanding. But if you don't take it in that precious moment where one of you can be aware that it's just an honest misunderstanding, the very if you don't catch it there, the very next thing that's said will cause that conversation to spiral out. And one of you or both of you will find yourselves in a hole emotionally 
that you can't easily get out of. Do you hear that? This is the importance of being present. This is the importance of sitting in moments as they're happening and being an observer. You, The way I explain it to my wife sometimes is that in my head, in my brain, as I'm thinking about these kinds of things, my ego is this separate thing for me. And I sometimes per, like think of it as like a ball of energy. And I allow it mentally to be outside of me. It'll sit on my shoulder, but it's a separate thing. And my ego stays detached from me when I'm being present. And so when I'm in these conversations, and again, I'm failing at it all the time. I'm only telling you about the successes. I am failing most of the time. But now, unlike five years ago, now I also have success stories. And the success stories are ever slowly increasing. They are growing. When you're present, you recognize that moment where there's just a human misunderstanding between two good people who don't have any manipulation or ulterior motive and you catch it and you see your, you recognize your ego. You can, I can visualize my ego and I can see it wants to like lash out. Hey, whoa, 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 oh, slow down. I'm not gonna let you get away with that. Like I, I see the ego wanting to do that. And then I just smile because I caught it. It's one of those moments where I did catch it. And now I get to go into my healthy side and go, Hey, Hey, what was just said right there? Poked me a little bit. Can we pause for a moment? I just want to get clarification. Here's what here's what I thought you said, and here's what I felt and heard, and I would like to just see what maybe happened there. That's one option. And sometimes that will spiral out too. Another thing you can do is is just let it go, just move on. And that's the whole idea of relax and release. Just let it go. You can relax your body. Sense what was going on there, but know it's separate from you. You're not your ego. Recognize it's separate from you and just release it and just move on. At the A week from now, will that disagreement stick out? And maybe a week from now it does and maybe you still need to talk about it. Fine. But my gut tells me most of the time it's going to be just completely forgotten and now you're just back in a good place with your partner. Now, we shouldn't let our partners hurt us in unhealthy ways. We we should have uh, room to set boundaries and to not tolerate continual unhealthy behavior. But what I'm talking about here is a very different thing. So my two cents is be present. And if you don't know how to be present, start meditating and, and start reading things from uh, Buddhism and other kinds of Eastern thought. If you understand Buddhism, the four noble truths, the first noble truth is the truth of suffering. But the second noble truth is the cause of suffering, which is you grasping grasping to pull things in that you want the world to be, pushing away the things you don't want, and manipulating and coercing the world to show up the way you want it to, when in reality, the world is just unfolding in front of you the way it does, and you really don't have the control you have, you think you have, nor when you try to exercise control you don't have, you're not acting in healthy ways. So take the tie. It's an easy way to do it. Hey, baby, I thought you said cookie and I thought, and I heard brownie, but I could have been wrong too. Or, hey, you said this word. Is that the word you meant? Oh, no, no. You meant this other thing? Oh, perfect. Totally get it. Like the moment you start responding that way, then the whole universe changes. The second one is when you are being unhealthy, both of you. So this is the second kind of disagreement. Um, I'm at a party the other night and my wife, innocently, by the way, my wife innocently, um, imposes on the group of people at this get-together. She imposes me into the story to help another person know what they should do to be their healthiest self. Hey, Bill, tell Jerry 
how he should do this thing. And inside of me, I don't want to be responsible for any other person and their bad experience. Like I've got no problem sharing an opinion or advice, but when it's worded in such a way that I am being asked to be their expert, I don't want to be that. Now, my wife doesn't know that. Like all she knows is that Bill reads a lot of stuff about this thing and Bill is often sharing his opinion on this thing. So Bill's the perfect person to help Jerry resolve how he should um, operate inside of this paradigm. And, And so she thinks she's just getting me involved and I'm feeling poked because I don't want to be this other person's uh, expert and I don't want to be responsible if things don't go well for them. And so what I did was the very first thing I did was say, hey, I don't want to be his expert. And she's not picking up on that I'm trying to bow out. She just thinks maybe I'm embarrassed to say it or I'm I'm being too humble about it, whatever it is. And so she says it again. No, 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 no. You're the perfect person for this. Tell him what to do. And at that point, I make a joke. And a couple people in the room chuckle. And my joke is intended to be this soft way that not everybody can pick up on that hopefully my wife picks up on that I want to be out of this conversation. I don't want to be in it. And my wife doesn't pick up on it. Because guess what? Again, we sometimes say, we think we say one thing and the other person thinks they hear another. But now what happens is I am poked. And and now I have no choice because she's still not getting the thing I'm trying to put down. And so at this point, now she's still trying to involve me and I feel really uncomfortable. So now I lash out. And I lash out by by saying pretty bluntly, like, hey, I don't want to do this. Leave me out of this conversation. I don't want to be responsible for whether he has a bad experience or not. And at that point, I lashed out and she felt embarrassment. She felt hurt. And at that point, she walked up and she said, I'm sorry. And she walked away. But it didn't resolve it for me. Inside, I'm I'm all tangled up inside and and I'm in front of people. And so now I'm feeling embarrassment and I don't want her to feel embarrassment. I'm like, like, it's just a clusterfuck. It just is. And these things happen and we don't know what to do with them. And, and I'm unhealthy. Like my wife has her unhealthiness is she'll go quiet. She'll go, she'll go off to another room. She'll go sit on a piece of furniture that nobody's on. And she'll just be to herself kind of beating herself up. And the way I'm beating myself up is I need to kind of like hash it out. Like I need to, I need to sit down with you and I need to go through every point. I need to know how it started, what happened in the middle, how did it end? How do we fix it? How do we put it back together? And guess what? Those two modes of operandi don't go well together. They clash. And thank God we do that. Thank God we don't both lash out because then we would make a scene in front of everybody. Like this is what human beings do. One of us gets poked and so we somehow, some way poke at the other and now they're poked. So now their ego kicks in and their shadow kicks in and their shadow mechanisms kick in. And now they're trying to protect themselves. Now they're trying to deflect. Now they're trying to obfuscate. Now they're trying to dismiss. And guess what? You're doing the same damn thing. And now it spirals out. How do we solve that? Do you see that in your own relationship? Do you feel that happening? Do you sense that's what goes on? And do you see, in the beginning, it still was just an honest misunderstanding. And the only argument you could make is that that person has been with you for 26 years and that person should know you well enough. They should not do this same old shit time after time. Well, guess what? They're a completely different human. They don't know how you see the world. 
even though they've lived with you every day of your life for the last 26 years, they don't know how you see the world. They don't know what happened in your childhood. They don't know what triggers you or what doesn't. And they're more than happy to try and understand that and to help you be in the world in a safer way. But they're going to fuck it up. And you're going to fuck it up. That's normal human interaction. So the moment you can sit in space with other humans and just allow that there's going to be some of these fuck-ups no matter what, and that with the person you live your life out with, that they're going to happen and you're going to be frustrated or not. Like you don't have to be frustrated. Like that feeling comes inside you, but you don't even have to name it. A good friend of ours, Thomas McConkie, once said, like when that feeling comes in, By the time you name it, the terrorist is already in the cockpit. You see, if you're present and you feel it and then sit with it and now figure out how do I enter back? You have to be wise. How do I enter back into this conversation with this disturbance in a healthy way? How do I do that? How do I? Okay, here's my ego. Oh, I can see it. That's what my ego wants to do. My ego wants to lash out. My ego wants to put my partner in their place. My ego wants my partner to feel shame so they don't do this to me again. But that's your bullshit. That's your unhealthiness. That's your shadow. Do you see that? Do you feel that? The moment you learn to be present and catch those moments, you get to enter back into the conversation in a healthy way. Now, it still might fuck up. It still might spiral. That's that's so possible. But you're going to now have successes from time to time. And if you're willing to sit with yourself... And go like, oh, like that didn't work. Or, oh, like it worked for a moment. And then my partner's ego got the best of them for a second. So then my ego kicked in overtime and I couldn't overcome it that second round. Like, how do you handle conflict? How do you handle confrontation? The solution is to sit with the disturbance and then to wisely enter back into this interaction with another human being. I'm going to let that conversation sit there. I think that's enough for today. I hope, though, that you see the wisdom in these two ways of handling conflict and interaction and disagreement, and that there are healthy ways to show up. And the healthiest of people are aware of this dynamic as it's happening in a conversation. If you got value out of today's conversation, would you do me a giant favor? Would you go to almostawakened.org and click the donate button and donate 10 bucks a month or donate a $50 bill? Will you do that so that I can keep doing conversations like this where I help you to be a better human being? Will you do that? Will you send a donation our way so that these conversations can continue for a long time into the future? The in, the uh, interviews that we've had recently with Veronica Funis or Brittany Hartley, conversations that we've uh, had with experts in various industries that contribute to our awakeness, or whether it's just me sitting here talking into the microphone, sharing my experience and my insights to try to help you be just a little more awakened today. Thank you and see you next time.